Sokala Duma Radio. Hello and welcome to Sokola Duma Radio. And now there were four four teams left in the global showpiece called the FIFA World Cup in Russia. It's England, Croatia, Belgium and France. Will make it to the final? Well, your guess is as bad as mine. In this World Cup update, we speak to Sokola Duma journalist Joe Kren, who is currently in Russia about the upcoming semi-final fixtures. We also chat to Sokola Duma international editor David Capel about the results from the quarterfinals. He also speaks on his favorites to make it to the final and finally we hear from one of the english size heroes goalkeeper jordan pickford so buckle up and enjoy the update how's it joe man how are you um looks like you're enjoying your time in russia tell us a bit um about how it's been going for you over there so far yeah i mean the trip's been fantastic the russians have been a whole heap of fun been laughing drinking dancing with them it's been it's been a fantastic trip so far they've been really really welcoming Obviously, the language is a little bit of a problem, but um, you find ways around that. I think football really helps in that sense. So from my side, I, I've I've loved it. I, I've obviously done St. Petersburg, which is one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. And now I'm in Samara, which is a nice little uh, nice little town down by the, the Volga River. Um, it's been beautiful. The weather's great at the minute. And, and then tomorrow I'm off to Moscow. Uh, got a big game coming up this week. Yeah, you already spoke about, you know, the big game. You from England... Um, you're there to watch England. Um, tell us, is it coming home? Honestly, I, I'm not so sure. I, th- I think there's been a lot of hype. There's been a lot of noise, um, rightly so. I mean, this is this is huge. From a, a young England team to have gotten this far in the tournament, uh, regardless of who they've played, who they've faced, it's it's an incredible achievement. And, and England have been waiting a long time for this. And, and myself, I mean... I don't remember the, the last time we were in a World Cup semi-final. I was about seven months old. So for me, it's it's huge. And to be here is just, is out of this world. I mean, like I said, we've been out with the Russians um, singing Three Lions and, and the, the atmosphere here has just been fantastic. I think that the, the England fans have, have really done themselves a... Uh, a lot of a lot of good in terms of Russia, in terms of the the relationships that have been made. There's, I haven't seen any kind of um, animosity anywhere. It's just been it's been a whole heap of fun. But for this England team to be where they are, uh, given the lack of experience in the side and the fact that there was so little expectations on them, I think to reach this part of the tournament, regardless of what happens now, to be honest, um, if we go out to Croatia this week, I still think it will be a, a hero's welcome back for a lot of the guys. Obviously, we want to go and win it now. Um, and I think that at this point in this tournament, especially, we've seen so many shocks. We've seen so many results that we didn't expect to happen. And uh, if that keeps happening, and you never know. I mean, England, I think, will see Croatia as beatable, just like Croatia will see England as beatable. So, um, you know the margins that are there for a World Cup final, um, reaching one. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a cracking, game, cracking game in Moscow. Looking forward to to see Luzhniki for the first time. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i really excited. And, and I think that even though I'm not 100% sure football's coming home, there is a chance. Yeah, I mean, if like you said, if you reach that stage of the tournament, there's a massive chance for any team now to take it home. Um, but tell us a bit more, you know, about Gareth Southgate. I mean, when he was appointed, no one really trusted him. Um, he was seen very critical. But now he's silenced all those critics and... 
you know, he's made some interesting tactical decisions. He's focusing a lot of set pieces. Maybe you can also tell us a bit about the love train. I'd like to hear your view on it. To be honest, I think one of the most important things about what Gareth Southgate has done is he's just brought this collective unity into the side. And I think that that comes uh, as part of him as a person. I think when you hear him talk, he's he's a very likable bloke. He's a very a very nice guy. And, and I think when you hear him talk in, in his press conferences, I, I was there um just after the, the 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 quarterfinal win and one of the things he did in that press conference was make sure he thanked everybody guys like jake livermore um even guys like joe hart he said that if it wasn't for joe hart england wouldn't be in the world cup in the first place so he's he's very good at, at bringing people together and i think that's one thing he's done with his team and and i think as you mentioned he he wasn't a, a particularly popular appointment i think there was a lot of people who thought he was a little bit maybe too inexperienced a little bit too bland maybe but i mean he's been he's been phenomenal and i think that th this team wouldn't have got this far uh, with another manager i think that he knows england's youth setup he was there for for many years obviously with the under 21s and i think that's helped him and and there's also been a lot said about him as a as a player as well and how he was he was very much like a sponge and always wanted to listen to people and learn and and i think that it's it's been uh it's been it's just a massive change for england to have not just a manager but an entire squad that is so likable and that is so um i suppose un-england uh, really but and, and you you said about the set pieces i think that it's a fantastic string to have to their bow uh i think it's obviously been something that's worked out really well in this World Cup, and and you can see that they're they're not scoring from set pieces by accident. It's not done. That's just a a cross into the box and you hit and hope and hope Harry Kane, Harry Kane or Harry Maguire gets a big head on it. That's that's not how the, the way it's been working. So uh, it is something that they've worked very hard on. Um, and for me, I've been watching England for probably 20, 20 years properly that I remember, and I don't remember a, an England team having such a plan uh, in the past it has just kind of felt like they threw 11 players out onto the field and and hope for the best really whereas now they have a structure they have a, a tactical um idea of what's going on and they have a way of playing they have a style and and that is i think what is most pleasing for me is that um like i say we have an england team that's got a plan for a change no i couldn't agree more with you there joe um before we sort of preview um the game against croatia who would you say have been the standout performance in this England team for you so far? And um, why do you think Raheem Sterling received so much criticism back home? To be honest, I think it's difficult to, to really pick out any standouts for this England team because I think that their strength has really been in their, in their collectiveness. And, and I think you've you got to look at every player in this side and, and say that everyone's had a, had a role to play and, and played that role well up until this point. I think... Um, Jordan Pickford obviously has been superb, silenced a lot of people with his performances at this World Cup. Um, look at the back line. I think Kieran Trippier has been standout. I think he's been his delivery has been superb throughout the entire tournament so far. Um, Harry Maguire obviously done very very well as well. And and I think that that whole back line has has been has been solid for England. For me, Jordan Henderson has been top class. He uh, he's a very very solid player, very composed, and he, he keeps things together for England. And I think that's been been one of the reasons why we've been able to manage the games like we have uh, is because of him being there. I think obviously Harry Kane scoring goals, but he's getting them from the spot, and I think uh, he's his game has been a lot more than just scoring goals. He's contributed to a lot more around the field. Um, but you mentioned Raheem Sterling, and 
it's difficult with Sterling because for me, I, I genuinely think that if it wasn't for his um, his inability to, to stay composed and finish in the box sometimes, I think he would be a genuinely world-class player. I think he's got so much in his locker. He's, so, he's got so many so many talents. And if you look at his off-the-ball work and his off-the-ball running and the, the space that he creates for other people because of the way that he moves, um, I think he's been one of England's most important players in this tournament. And yeah, he hasn't scored. Uh, I think he just needs a tap in. He needs one just to, just to get that, that monkey off his back a little bit. Um, and I think that once that goal comes, he he will be he will be okay. But it, it is difficult for him because um, I I don't know what it is. I don't know why people want to openly criticise Sterling so much. I think part of it started with the whole Man City move, um, the big money move that he made uh, from Liverpool, and I think that a lot of people disliked him for that. And I think it kind of snowballed a little bit. But it's uh, it's it's been tough for him. But for me, if you were to ask. The Croatia coach, who uh, if, if of all the the attackers he could take away from England and that he thought would would benefit them the most, Raheem Sterling is probably one of them. So I think that's that's definitely a, a player that they will be looking out for. Um, but like I say, for me, it's tough to to really single out any any England players because I think that there's there's been patches of of different games where they've they've all played their role very very well. Yeah, um, like you said, many of them have played very very well. Um, but now surely they will be tested um, against Croatia in the semi-final, um, who have really looked strong to me. Um, not that they have played the best football, um, but they always have a response. You know, whether they receive an extra time equaliser against Russia, um, they miss a late penalty against Denmark, they always find uh, another response and they just make it through to the semi-final. Um, but they also played 60 minutes more than England, you know, having to go through two extra time rounds before the semi-final. What's your sort of prediction? What do you expect from the game against Croatia? Uh, you're, you're spot on. I think it's uh, they're a team that just seems to have sort of unlimited reserves. They they just seem to keep going. It's, it's incredible. I mean, to win two penalty shootouts on the bounce takes so much mental strength and so much character to, to, to get that over the line, especially when one of them is against... The host nation that have, that have literally taken it at the death back to to take it back to penalties. I, I think that this Croatia team have have been phenomenal in terms of the like say the reserves that they've shown. Um, I don't think they've played as good football as what a lot of people expected, uh, myself included. I, I expected them to be um, a little bit more. Um, I suppose I expect them to be a little bit more dominant in the games that they've that they've played, but um, they have they have looked looked good. And, and like I say, that this tournament is is all about being able to scrape through, and and you do enough. And and the fact that they have done enough twice now via a penalty shootout will give them so much confidence. And I mean, they're not short of of quality. I mean, you look at guys like like Rakitic and Modric. They they have genuinely top class players in this side. I mean, they they're playing for two of the best teams in the world, and and have been. Massive grip for for Croatia in this tournament, and and they're surrounded by good players as well. But um, as you mentioned, they have had two extra times and and two penalty shootouts, which is it is grueling. It does take its toll on the body, and I think that the fact that the England managed to to get the job done against Sweden um, without causing too much hassle for themselves, um, no injuries, there was no um, no issues with suspensions, and and I think that they England will go into this side uh, thinking they can get a result, but. For me, the interesting thing is here. Um, I think both teams will be just as confident. I don't think there's a, a for me anyway. I don't think there's a real underdog in this game. I think when you look at the two sides, 
um, like I say, both will will see the other as a as a as a winnable game. And and when you're looking towards the possible final with with Belgium or France, um, when it comes to a World Cup final, that's that's very different. There's a the, I think there will be a a favourite in in that one, uh, given how uh, how the two legs of this tournament have, have have been. But for me, in this game, England Croatia, I, I think it's a, it's going to be very tight. It's going to be um, a very tactical game for me. I think there's there's going to be a lot of uh, of ball retention going on. I think both teams will be eager to make sure that they they keep hold of the ball and and try and build up slowly. I don't think there's going to be it's going to be particularly open. Um, I'm not sure how much of an enjoyable game of football it will be to watch because you know what it's like when it gets to this stage of the tournament and it becomes very very tense. But like I say, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a very tactical game in my opinion. I think that uh, both coaches have have, have really um, done well for themselves this tournament and and I'm hoping that from my side that we we get England going through because as much as uh, as much as I still can't believe that it's it's coming home, I don't think I can. I can get too excited about that. I I'll be devastated if if it ends this week. Congratulations! And uh, how far can you get? And did you imagine everything that's happening to you right now? Yeah, we always uh, said take each game as it comes, and we know our ability, and it's all about our togetherness. So I feel like if the togetherness is still there, which it it is always, we we control ability on the pitch and. That's why that's why we won two 0 kept a clean sheet and um, we work hard as a team. Hello, I'm Emmanuel Arangé from Agence France Presse. I try to speak in English. You are spoiling the pleasure of the, the people who likes to make bad jokes against English keepers. What's your what's your comments on that? No, I, ju I just work hard every day um, in training and that's why I got a clean sheet tonight because all the saves I make in training is to showcase on a um, on a match day and. I'll showcase I'm, I'm capable of making them saves and it's a good performance. Um, you're walking in the footsteps of two great English goalkeepers now, Gordon Banks and Peter Shilton. There's been some great keepers that have never gone to a World Cup semi-final. Can you just put into words what that means to you? Yeah, it's obviously good. Um, happy, I've had a good season and this is what football's all about, being on the big stage. And um, I never put myself under any pressure or anything. I just I embrace the moment and I play in the moment and I, I feel feel strong and nothing faces me. I just want to be my best. The pitch is always going to be the same, same lines, same goal height. It's just a game of football. Hi, Jordan. Well done. Yeah. Uh, you don't seem to feel any pressure. You seem to enjoy every single game you play. Would, would, would that be fair, even after all the criticism you received after Belgium? Yeah, um, I always enjoy my football. Uh, I train hard every day in the gym, on the pitch, for to own show me performances, what I can do on a uh, match day and going out on the big stage it makes it even better and no, I don't, criticism doesn't affect me, it just makes me want to be better. Um, we now joined on the line by Sokalatuma's very own international editor, David Capel. David, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, the quarterfinals are past us. We now have four teams in the semifinals. That's England versus Croatia, France versus Belgium. Your impression on the quarterfinals, were there any upsets, any major surprises? I suppose uh, we knew that sooner or later Russia was going to have to go. Yeah, um, I mean, Russia played a brilliant tournament. Um, no one even gave them a chance to make it out of the stages. They were the lowest ranked team going into the tournament. Um, but they just really surprised, you know, they played nice, attacking football, 
when it came to the later stages, of course, I mean, their players and their squad was a bit limited. Um, so they had to use some tactical changes to go past Spain, which they also did uh, really well. And I mean, they were just two missed penalties away from reaching the semi-final. So I think we have to take our head off to them. They were brilliant hosts and they made the tournament picture for that. Um, for me, um, an upset or surprise was that Brazil went out to Belgium. Um, I honestly thought um, Brazil looked like if they were getting better and better throughout the tournament. Uh, I thought they would reach the final. Um, but yeah, Roberto Martinez just you know, came up with a brilliant tactical plan and um, using Romelu Lukaku on the right um, to open that space for their dangerous counter-attacks. And um, Brazil just couldn't cope with them in the first half. Um, they still had many, many chances in the second half to at least, um, you know, draw level and reach extra time, but it wasn't meant to be. And um, now it's going to be interesting because um, with France and England, we have two former World Cup winners in the semi final, and Belgium and Croatia have never lifted the trophy. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see which two sides will I suppose the, under, the, the other underlying theme. Um, going into the quarterfinals with that seven uh, teams were Europeans and only one South American in Brazil. And now we have an all-European four teams in the semifinals. Um, in terms of the strength of the European sides, uh, for you, does it come as a surprise uh, that, does it come as a surprise that they ha- we now four, have four of them in the last four? Um, it doesn't really come as a surprise. I mean, I think European sides are the most technically drawn sides um, they play very, very competitive football year in, year out. You know, at the Euros, the level is quite high. Um, in the qualification, they, the best sides often meet, meet each other uh, very often. Um, I was surprised, to be honest with you, um, obviously that Argentina went out quite early in the tournament. They didn't look um, as good as many expected them to be. Um, Uruguay made a decent run into the quarterfinal, um, but obviously they were a bit limited um, with Edinza Cavani being injured. We always knew that France was going to dominate um, that quarterfinal uh, with Cavani being out. And Brazil was, so to speak, um, South America's last hope. Um, they did really well in the qualifiers. They only lost one game. They were the first side to qualify. I think many people expected them to be better um, throughout the whole tournament. Um, in particular Neymar, but I think we, we mustn't forget that he was injured three months going into the tournament. He didn't play any, he didn't play any club football since February, I think. Um, and you could see that he was not 100% fit. Whenever someone touched his ankle, you know, where he had the injury, he was laying on the floor as if he was dying. Um, all of that played a role in Brazil not, not going any further. Because I think from a talent point of view, they definitely had a better side than they had four years ago. They definitely had a better coach than they had four years ago. But, you know, it was just um, against Belgium. One of those games where luck, a bit of luck was also more on Belgium's side. So, yeah, now we have the Euros to finish off the World Cup. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see which of the four teams um, is going to lift the trophy. Um, what I can tell you is it will be fine margins that will decide now because all these four teams, they know each other really well. They meet each other on a regular basis. So, um, you know, it's 
can be tactical twists, as we have seen, you know, for the England side, um, who's done really well from set pieces. Um, after the Southgate actually went in February, I think, to uh, watch some NBA games because uh, he wanted to find out how to create space, you know, in a, in a small court, how to create space in the box on a football pitch. And they have been implementing that really to perfection. And um, you have France, um, who probably have the strongest squad left in the tournament. Um, just be- just before you continue, Dave, let's actually now go uh, get the ball rolling with regards to France versus Belgium. I know that uh, between you and journalist Sokolatum, journalist Joe Cran, he spoke uh, Russia, he spoke Croatia and England. Now let's speak to Belgium versus France. Um, of course, these teams, both of these teams had the, diff- the most difficult end of the draw. Uh, they had to eliminate teams like Brazil, teams like Uruguay and so on and so forth. Uh, and people consider it as a final before the final uh before i let you go uh please uh take us through that game uh the, the other semi-final uh france versus belgium your expectations i mean theory Henri won the 1998 world cup with france is now with belgium on the bench uh roberto martinez usually is ridiculed largely because of his unsuccessful stint at everton but he's coming through now with a belgian team that is in the semi-finals uh, so let's talk to let's talk about those teams quickly I think you, you said it already. It is sort of the final, um, before the final, because both teams um, have been brilliant in their own strikes. You know, going to the tournament on Belgium, they scored the most goals in the tournament. Um, they have uh, impressed, you know, through their, you know, very refreshing counter-attacking football. Um, with Edmund Hazard, um, Kevin De Bruyne and Romelu Lukaku, they have, like, really, I'd say, the best um, front line in the tournament, um, and Roberto, Roberto Martinez. Yes, he has been ridiculed at Everton, but I think um, it also shows a bit the short sightedness of club football. Um, because he's done really well at his previous clubs, and then he got a, a bigger budget and a bigger club with Everton. Um, maybe they should have given him a bit more time because clearly, since he's left, they definitely haven't done better than. Um, when he was there. Um, <clears throat> and he has shown throughout the tournament he can make tactical uh, switches. You know, um, in the game against England, he feels a B-side to give um, his players a bit of rest. Uh, maybe they also wanted to end up in the in the other side of the door. But now they're in the, in the better half. Um, they didn't play well or start well against Japan, but yet he made two subs and both of them scored off the bench and turned that game around um, and then in the quarterfinals in Brazil, um, almost everyone still had Brazil as a favorite. But um, he changed his li- lineup slightly. You know, it wasn't um, Lukaku leading the line from the front. He played that um, more on the, on the right side. And the join was pushed further forward with um, Fellaini coming into the midfield. So he's, he's shown that, you know, there is more to him than, than a lot of people think from a, from a tactical point of view. Um, France, on the other hand, um, they were always going to be um, among my four semi-finalists um, because they have just so much quality in their squad. Um, if you look at Kylian Mbappe, I mean, he came to the to the show when um, he scored a great against Argentina. You know, where he could exploit the space in the in a very open Argentina defense. Um, you know, he's just phenomenal at just 19 years old. Um, Griezmann didn't really have the best of tournaments, but he um, stepped up whenever they need him. As we've seen in the quarterfinal against Uruguay, 
Um, the defense looks very solid. Um, personally, I still believe when it comes to the coaching point of view, um, Didier Deschamps, um, in my personal opinion, is not the best coach left in the tournament. Um, because this France side, with the talent they have, you know, your proper, your other cancer, um, you can basically make any one of the starting 11. They should go a lot easier through the tournament because they have grinded out the results. You know, they haven't really impressed this beautiful attack football. They got the results and that's what needed in a tournament like this. Um, but a lot of people, including me, expected them to play a better, food, better style of football. It's going to be very interesting to see now whether Martinez and Belgium have enough to, you know, basically upset the next favorite. Because for me, France with the Scotland, they still are the favorite in this tie and even to lift the title. Mm. All right. That is pretty much that. Uh, Dave, thank you very much for your analysis. Uh, of course, wish the team the best of luck in the upcoming semifinals. And we hope to hear from you before the actual final. Thank you very much for your time. Always a pleasure talking to you. Duma Radio. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. For now, it's goodbye. Sokala Duma Radio. Sokala Duma Radio.